Hey, just a warning. While Fuller House is a family show, the Fullest House podcast is not. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the Fullest House podcast, where by the end of this episode, I'm going to choose between my two co-hosts. I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. And I am totally, Mark, on Team Harrison. You should definitely vote for me. I mean, you should definitely choose me. I'm also Team Harrison. I hate myself. Thank you, Zach. You guys are making my choice very easy. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll keep you all in suspense. I mean, normally I would I would lend support to Zach, but I mean, my ass is on the line. I gotta I gotta gotta go all in. No, I I welcome it. Yeah, we know we know that DJ is choosing a boyfriend. We don't know what I'm choosing, so yeah, your ass is on the line. I'm very much like a like a cop. <laughs> Our lives are on the line now. This is this makes a big difference. <laughs> no, your your ass is on the line. I'm I'm a hardened police chief from a movie, mm-hmm. and you better get your results or else you're off the force. Oh no! Oh, I th- I I was ta- I was about to take it more literally and be like, oh, my ass is on the line. But I'm dummy thick. I can't lose my ass. Zach, have you never heard the expression, your ass is on the line? I know, but I was taking it literally. Okay, okay. I know sometimes you have trouble. (laughs) Yes, sometimes I have trouble. It's my biggest shortcoming. It's why you should choose Harrison over me, because sometimes I don't understand common expressions. Look, I- look, yeah, no, I- you're making it easy, and I'm not gonna look a gift horse in the mouth. (laughs) Wait, what does that mean? No, it's an expression. Um, it's like, you know, ex- accept good things. Except- why, why would someone give a horse as a gift? Exactly. Th- these are the big questions. So this episode is about <laughs> a wedding! This is a wedding! <laughs> the season finale! It's all been building to! Yes! It's the season one finale of Fuller House and by extension Fullest House, I guess. We made it. <laughs> we we made it. I did not think we would get this far, no. if I'm being completely honest. This was an, the oddest thing for us to make during quarantine, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad. It's a journey we're going on together. Yeah. Yeah, it's a real spiritual journey that we're taking with you, dear viewer. And, you know, we've reached the end of season one, and there's a wedding. A double wedding. Yes, a double wedding. Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky. Lovely, lovely pair. They are renewing their vows, and then alongside them, uh, Fernando and Kimmy are uh, freeloading. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to uh, get a free wedding out of it. Pretty much, yeah. I really like the episode. Starts out. The episode actually starts out at the grand opening of Harmon Fuller Pet Care, and where Steve barges in to tear DJ away from a hug with Matt mm-hmm. and hug her himself. And then inserts himself into the grand opening photo right next to DJ. Mm -hmm. But then we go over to Kimmy, who's explaining to DJ and Stephanie that she's going to piggyback onto the vow renewal. Mm -hmm. And DJ and Stephanie both say, like, aren't you worried that Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky aren't going to let you that that'll be a problem? And Kimmy's just kind of like, nah. And the, the weird thing about it is it's not a problem. It's not at all. They set up a conflict right away, and then they don't do anything with it. <laughs> Aunt Becky just accepts it without any problem. That's the craziest thing to me. There's a whole scene. Kimmy shows them to their honeymoon suite. She's decorated the attic in romantic Becky and Jesse paraphernalia. And she's about to tell them the news that she's going to use their wedding to get married, too. When Fernando comes in, calls Uncle Jesse his fellow groom, which there's a whole extended bit about how Uncle Jesse mishears it as fellow groom. Fellow groom. Because Fernando's got an accent. It's hilarious. Yeah, I... Does he? Does Fernando have an accent? I never noticed. Yeah, it's, it's subtle. But, uh, yeah, you can tell. Well, apparently not subtle enough for John Stamos. Yeah. So, like, Uncle Jesse says, like, what? That's crazy. And Becky says, and I quote, adding a real wedding could make our day extra romantic. Mm hmm. 
Which is not a normal reaction. <laughs> nope. I mean, at the very least, I expected a... What? <laughs> a, what motivated this? Right. Why are you doing this to us, yeah. specifically? Yeah, she's just like, you're latching on to our special event? How romantic. <laughs> this is a part of what's so weird about this show. Are we also going to mention how... For na- oh, like... Oh, Daisy's like, oh, are you, is this just an excuse for you guys to piggyback, to piggyback on our wedding? And Fernando just blatantly is like, yes. Well, I think, I think Uncle Jesse says like, are you trying to make it romantic or are you just trying to stick me with the bill for your wedding? And Fernando goes, both. (laughs) Good news. It's both. Yeah, exactly. Good news. As long as they're honest about it. (laughs) But I did just want to say like in the original Full House Aunt Becky is kind of a voice of reason. She's more or less a normal one. And like all of the rest of them, even though Uncle Jesse like rolls his eyes at all the wacky things, he's a bit of a wacky character as well. But in this, Becky's just kind of a crazy person. Well, I mean, Lori Laughlin. <laughs> yes. Time erodes all things, including Lori Laughlin's morality and Aunt Becky's sanity. That was a low-hanging fruit, but I had to go for it. I think the only fruit there was that she's played by Lori Loughlin, but that's okay. I love it. I love <laughs> I love I love the lengths you go to. I love how gung-ho you are. I love your spirit. Wow, this decision. Am I am I building a case for myself? Yes. Am I coming back? Am I coming back? Will Mark maybe choose me? Damn it, you're back in the race! I'm back in the game, baby. Mmm! Listen, in my mind, I know Harrison's the right answer, but that doesn't mean that I won't compete tooth and nail to win because I'm just that competitive and petty. This is like your confessional. This is a reality show. Yeah, it's a reality show. It's like, you know. Jack didn't come here to make friends. It's day 54 on the island. I'm like hallucinating because I haven't had food or clean water in weeks. It's like... I like how this is some kind of perverse combination of Survivor and The Bachelor. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. If I think like Survivor and like I didn't come here to make friends, my mind goes to Survivor. I think I didn't. Wasn't I didn't come here to make friends The Apprentice? Oh, right. Well, that's like, I feel like Survivor is like the most known. Yeah. No, no. I, I'm not saying it's a bad place to go to with reality competition. I just love how... It changed how is this the spinoff for the episode? You drop one woman and a bunch of guys on an island and not only do they have to survive on their own, but also she has to pick one of them to fall in love with. Yes, this is the spinoff. And and yes, when they come back to the mainland, they fight crime. Yes, Yes, they fight crime. It's like Arrow. They've been building these skills on the (laughs) island so they can fight crime when they come home. Wait a second. No, Tyler, you can't reveal it. This is just Love Island. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I didn't want I didn't want to be the one to say it. (laughs) It's Love Island. (laughs) No, no, I know it's. Oh, no. When you started saying island, I was like, you're talking about Love Island. And, but then I was like, no, no, no. They, they do have to uh, fight yes. to survive. Yes. fight to survive. That is a part of it. Yes. She both sends someone home every week because she's not in love with them. And because there's not enough food to go around. Then there's, it's also because there's not enough food to go around. We're also going to add in some naked and afraid to this. Yes. They are all naked when they're doing it. I, I assumed that that was kind of like, it, it's kind of, I mean, I don't think we needed to clarify that. I kind of assumed they were off the start. Yeah. I, I also think that given the limited resources, they need to exercise creativity when uh, preparing meals and showing their partner that they can be uh, a loving spouse who will uh, feed them. And uh, so we should work in chopped <laughs> into the mm. into the competition. Because I thought <laughs> I thought you were gonna say like in addition to surviving, yeah. on a, a, an island. Yes, it's also important that they look their best. So it's um, America's Next Top Model too. We're just going to put in all of the yeah. reality TV it's, shows. It's the ultimate reality yeah, show. Yeah, the ultimate reality TV competition. We drop one single female model. <laughs> And a bunch of single male models on an island, no clothes. They have to survive 
they have to make their own clothes so they can then model them. Yes. She's going to choose one of them to fall in love with. And, uh, yeah, also they're baking. They're cooking. Yeah. Can we also throw in that other new really, that other really weird Netflix reality show where they just brought in a bunch of like hot strangers to an island and they're not allowed to have sex? I thought you were going to say also the floor is lava. Yeah. Oh, that too. Yes. Yes. So it, it's, we also throw in, uh, the floor is lava and too hot to handle. So therefore it can go on Netflix. It all ties together. We have we've thrown in two Netflix reality shows as well. I really want to work in Temptation Island, but I'm but I wonder if we do that, will the show just explode? Like, will a, a rift in reality just open? Can we also make it a talent competition? In addition to choosing one of them, all of the like half of the male models are in relationships. Okay, yes, so we can work this in Temptation yeah. Island all the way. Anyway. <laughs> What were we talking about, Fuller House? We were. <laughs> so, dear viewer, if you're wondering why we spent so long on this tangent, uh, it's because pretty much nothing happens this entire episode. Well, I here's my thing. Yes. I'd argue that things happen in this episode, but nothing is accomplished in this episode. That's fair. Yes, That's fair. nothing is accomplished. And we'll get into that. I think... Um, First, we should talk about, um, we talked about the scene where Fernando gleefully lets Becky and Jesse know that he's getting married too, and they react in completely the wrong way. Mm -hmm. I think we should talk about Uncle Jesse makes Aunt Becky a romantic candlelit dinner of burgers. Yes. Call back to their first date. Yeah. And they say how they're always going to be together. And always there for each other. And she immediately leaves to join Kimmy's bachelorette party. Hell yeah. yeah. Gotta go out with the girls. <laughs> girls night. Girls night again. That we don't see any of. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to run into Max and Val, the horny Eastern European dancers. <laughs> the, horny, yes! the horny boys. Yes! The horny boys. Yes. yes. Oh. God, there's also, God, that's like. Because I was going to bring up another callback to earlier as well, because there's also a plot point where Max is sad that Kimmy is getting married because they're going to leave the house and they're going to move in with Fernando. Yeah. Yeah. And that comes up and uh, our boy J Money's like, wait, so I get my own room back? So after the entire season, like 10 plus episodes, he has still not learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. Ramona, Ramona tells him, I'm very sad to leave you guys. And Jay Money is like, bye. We're not friends. <laughs> Our relationship is transactional. I can give you up and get my room back. Fucking done. Screw you, bitch. I'm getting my own room back. <laughs> yeah, Jay Money did not learn his lesson. Nope. Nope. Though he seeks to learn a lesson from old Uncle Jesse about... Ooh, nice segue. Thank you. He seeks to learn a lesson about the ladies. Yeah, I do. I, I do want to approve of the uh, of the transition. I know I'm the transition guy, but Mark, you know, you're doing very well here, which I think is another reason why you should pick Harrison over me. Clearly, you can replace me. <laughs> Thank you. That went so differently than how I expected it to go. <laughs> I, I honestly, like Zach, I've I've maybe razzed you a couple of times for how hard you stick to the tro those transitions, but having done a transition of my own that went as smoothly as that, like I feel it. I, I know. There, once it. you start, you can't stop. They're so much fun. They're they're really good. I it's so much like I did it once and I was like, oh yeah, this is gonna be my thing. <laughs> Harrison, do you want me to try to set up a transition for you? Well. I'll, I'll like like I'll, I'll try to set up something so we can talk about like the baby eating the burger. It's like yeah, they have burgers, and it's like it's it's almost cute what they do with the burgers. I don't know. I was trying to set up something for you. I don't. I don't know. What to I gave you burgers. I gave you cute. What more could you possibly need, Harrison? I thought you were gonna just hop in there with. Well, speaking of cute. Well, speaking of cute. Okay. It's too late now. <laughs> it's too late. I'm sorry. You you gave me the opportunity, and I just I, I you just, blew it. I could, you I blew, just blew it. it. I I'm falling behind. Gonna make a note. Another uh, 
Is that a point in my favor? Yes. Another another point in Zach's column, yes. honestly. Listen, I am I am my own biggest advocate and my own biggest enemy in this competition. I am my own biggest advocate while simultaneously also being Harrison's biggest advocate. It's it's um Harrison's column just says objectively better. <laughs> that's fair. No. That's that's completely fair. But Zach's column says actually hits all the points that matter. <laughs> Damn. How dare you? I can do transitions. I'll do it at some point. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Let's see you do a transition right now in front of everyone. <laughs> so Jesse blows a raspberry uh, into into Tommy uh, to give dating advice. By the way, the, the things were just... Again, it wasn't any value comment. It was just funny to me how strong we started at, oh, Harrison is the obvious winner... And then Zach's been making a pretty good case for himself. <laughs> but though though also, also, Zach has been making a pretty good case for Harrison. Exactly. Well, <laughs> I honestly can't decide right now. I am my own biggest advocate, and I'm also Harrison's biggest advocate. I gotta take out the competition, survivor style. Alright, this is my confessional. Okay, so I'll set up an assassin outside of Zach's house during quarantine. Harrison, it's not hard. I'm literally trying to get rid of myself. <laughs> Then that'll only make it easier for me to bump Zach off the island permanently. Exactly. I'm giving you a golden opportunity, but much like the transitions, you botched it. Oh! Tyreek, you put in some like air horns and stuff right there. I'd very much appreciate that. <laughs> I have two things. Yes. One, I Zach gloating is not a good look. So I'm starting to lean a little more towards Harrison. Oh, thank good, you, Mark. Thank you. And two. Harrison, you were saying something about Jesse was blowing a raspberry onto a baby? Yes. There, there, J- Jesse blows a raspberry onto a baby and heavily implies that Jackson should do the same to Lola. I don't know if that was the intended effect, but that is definitely how J-Money took it. Yeah, he did that, and I was really hoping that J-Money would try to do that on Lola. I almost thought he would. He did not. I, yeah, I, I thought he would, but it happens in J-Money's like, it's, so I should like blow on her stomach? And I'm going to be like, no, that might that move might be a little bit too advanced for you. I mean, thank God he didn't try it, because then J-Money might have been arrested. <laughs> but it's also like, come on, you know who you're talking to here, all right? It's J-Money. It's J-Money. All right, he can get any girl he wants. This is J-Money, you guys. Jackson Money Fuller. <laughs> Jackson, Jackson Money, money Fuller. Fuller. <laughs> Show some respect. Can I also point out that J Money has a money tie? J Money has yes. a J yes. Money tie. The J Money yes. money tie. <laughs> well, the best thing about that was the reveal. Yes. Because J Money barges into Ramona's room and says, Ramona, you know Lola. Hey, which tie do you think she'd want more? And he has like a, I don't know, a Spider-Man tie. I think it was like a Santa tie or something like that. It was that. a Santa tie, yeah. It was some character. Um, Troy has a Spider-Man tie in the Law and Order parody episode of Community. Oh. He has a Santa tie and then a money tie. And we were all we were saying, well, he should go with the money tie because he's J-Money. <laughs> and she vetoes the Santa tie. And he says, let's see. Yeah. No, yeah. He immediately refers to it as J-Money's money tie. We all lost we it. All we all lost, lost our shit. But there, there was another line later that made us lose our shit even more. So we'll get to that later. He's made us so proud. I just, I just, I think I brought this up last episode, but I just so appreciate how we started to believe that they'd never say J Money at all. And then once they say it, they do start saying it once or twice an episode. Oh, yeah. Like, it was getting to the point where we, where we were like, did we just make up J Money? And then from like the next episode we watched on, it has come up at least once or twice every episode. Yes. It's a magical occurrence. We, I think watching this a second time has given us. Such a better appreciation for all the wonderful things that Fuller House gives us, like Jay Money. You know? It's a wonderful show. It's a wonderful show. A wonderful, weird show. <laughs> a wonderful, weird show. That's one way to describe it. <laughs> a wonderful, very bizarre show. Yes. But we should say, the girls get back, and they're drunk. They are so wasted. They're wasted. They're singing the Spice Girls. Dead. Which is when you know they're having fun. 
Girls just want to have fun. I love the ominous imagery of Jesse sitting in a dark. I was about room to bring that up. I was about to bring that Tommy up. Tommy and his that was freaking scary. I was afraid he was gonna like put the baby down and pull out a knife. <laughs> exactly, because it cuts to the kitchen. The lights are off. John Stamos is just staring off into the distance with a baby on his lap, and it is like it feels like it's a scene from out of a horror movie or something. The TV's on, but nothing's playing. He's just staring into the void. <laughs> He's just staring off into space, yeah. And he and Aunt Becky go off, and he's going to do God knows what to her. <laughs> She's going to be saying, have mercy. Oh. There we go. And then nine months later, there will be another future USC rower. <laughs> there you go, Zach. There you go. That was a very yeah, good one. In. That was a good one. That was you a good did one. it. Thank you. Thank you. That was your best one today. Yes. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, uh, I've made it my mission ever since the first time we watched Fuller House that every time Aunt Becky's on screen, I will try to make as many Lori Laughlin jokes as humanly possible. Well, it was funny to me today because we started watching the episode and you said, well, I'm just going to keep going for it. I'm just going to try to get it out the best I can every single time she's on screen. Yeah. And, and you did it. You did it. I did a thing. You found a winner. There was like one scene where she's like, oh, don't worry. I'm going to, here's what I'm going to do to you tonight. And she like leans in and whispers. And I'm like, oh, there, there's got to be something funny here. And I couldn't think of anything. So that's probably another point in the Harrison's column right there is that like, there was a, there was very clearly a joke there. I just couldn't think of it. <laughs> I was getting worried about you. I didn't want you to strain yourself. We all have our weak moments, you know? Yeah. We all stumble every now and then, but you got it. You found a good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I got one. But as Uncle Jesse goes off to plow Aunt Becky, <laughs> yes. DJ, Stephanie, and Kimmy go to Stephanie's room to call Michelle? That's right. She exists. Right. She does exist. She's off in New York running her fashion empire. Yeah. But it's five in the morning there. And they all do, they all do Michelle impressions. They say all her catchphrases. They say, you got it, dude. Yeah. They they say them all. Did I do that? <laughs> that one's not Michelle. Which isn't Michelle. That That's not Michelle. That's not Michelle. That's the kind of thing. Yeah. That's the kind of thing they're doing. That's right. That, yeah. Uh, I'd like to think that, you know, Michelle wakes up in the morning. She listens to that message, looks out the window thinking, why am I the black sheep of the family? For making yeah. a life for myself? From yeah. moving to New York. <laughs> I had also thought, like, I'd also said right after, like, do you think that Michelle, or by extension, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, ever lay awake at night and wonder what could have been, and then peacefully fall asleep knowing that it was this? <laughs> do you think, like, when Michelle was in college, something really dramatic happened between her and the family? Oh, my God. And that's why she doesn't talk to them anymore? Oh, dear. Oh, what could have happened? Let's see. Uh, like she got into a horrible accident and none of them visited her? Maybe. And like the entire family has, is well, here's the thing. The rest of the family has clearly not gotten over it based on the fact that they stared into the camera for like a solid minute in the, in the pilot episode. Yeah, we thought these were all jokes, but no, there's legitimate familial strife. There's legitimate beef here. There's beef. Um, I do want to say that I think it's significant. It's established that this is the day after Kimmy and Fernando got engaged again. Yes. Kimmy says we got engaged and the net and tomorrow we're getting married. And also the night before when they're all drunk, they all go up to sleep or whatever. And on their own, Steph calls Matt to be DJ's date and Kimmy calls Steve to be DJ's date. Yeah, I was going to get to that, but I just want to say when they're calling Michelle... Kimmy says, why you know come to my wedding, which I think is prob is part of the Michelle impression. But it's like, what a weird message to receive. Kimmy Gibbler calls you, says, why aren't you coming to my wedding the day after she got engaged? That's a, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just expecting her to fly across the country. Right? Like, like, oh God, oh God. Like that's a, that's a spinoff movie right there. Michelle gets the college. He's like, oh God, I got to make it to, to San Francisco. My older sister's best friend who I haven't seen in years. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make it. I know that I, you know, got into a horrible accident with Mr. Woodchuck, 
But I'm yes. going to put that behind, and I'm going <laughs> to fly to San Francisco and see Jimmy Gibbler get married, no matter what it does to my my psyche. Yeah, I didn't I didn't mean to interrupt you, Zach, but I just wanted to get it out there that that's a, the, the circumstances make this an even weirder phone call. But you're right. Stephanie calls Matt and says, you're going to be DJ's date tomorrow. And Kimmy calls Steve and says, you're going to be DJ's date tomorrow. And then they both show up. Yep. Drama. Drama. And DJ promises that she'll have a decision for them by the end of the day. And drama ensues. But we should say in that scene where they show up and at other points in this episode, this is the beginning of one of our favorite aspects of the show. Yes. Which is the Matt-Steve bromance. Oh my god. It's so wonderful. I mean, it comes in more later in the show. Yeah. But like Matt and Steve are becoming friends and it is a beautiful, beautiful friendship. They, They both arrive... They're like out of breath or like, they're no, they both arrived. They're lamenting like we're in so much stress because of this, because you won't choose between us that like, you know, we're not sleeping right. And they're like, oh, did you have to take an antacid? And it's like, yeah, oh, I can give you. Some. And then <laughs> my favorite part of this where like Steve goes down to talk to DJ and he says like, look, Matt is great and he's incredibly handsome. I 100% understand if you choose him. but i do love you dj and matt says and dj i get it steve's cute as a puppy <laughs> but i love you too like it, they're just paying each other compliments and sympathizing with each other and it's just a wonderful example of male friendship and it's and yeah they're fighting over a girl which is bad but like they really do i think they do love each other more than they love dj or at least as much as much definitely i also do want to point out the entire episode the entire episode uh because we all know clearly stephanie is team matt kimmy is team steve we'd like to put our hat in the ring we'd like to say the good time boys are officially team thruple yes 100 <laughs> we, cha- we chanted that multiple times throughout the episode there were so many moments that could have led to that. I mean, there's literally yeah. the imagery of DJ grabbing them both by the hands and then dragging them behind her out the door to go to the wedding. I'm just saying, you know, the, it's the, the subtext is rapidly becoming text. And it's wedding time, my dudes. Uh, double wedding officiated by none other than our, our favorite Canada's, Canada's favorite, favorite son, Dave, Dave Coulier. Coulier. Who... In uh, an odd twist, uh, is decked out in hockey. He's wearing a hockey jersey. He's on skates. He has a, um, a hockey stick. And he explains that in order to get ordained, he created a hockey-based religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to bring that up, how he created a religion. <laughs> Does that mean that Mr. Woodchuck is now a holy idol? Oh, no. In all likelihood, yes. <laughs> no, wait, no, he's a saint. Ah, yes. Obviously. Saint Mr. Woodchuck, yes. Saint Mr. Woodchuck, okay. yeah. Saint Woodchuck. Saint Woodchuck. Happy Saint Woodchuck's Day. <laughs> oh, no. God bless us, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite thing to say in reference to any holiday that isn't Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Flag Day. God bless us. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to make a Flag Day reference, but yeah, beat me to it. Um, Uncle Joey, I don't think that's how that works. Yeah. Or easier ways to get ordained. Nope. Uh, there are much easier ways, but not all of them involve a sports themed religion, which I think we need more of nowadays in this divisive world. <laughs> Yeah, in this divisive world, what we really need is more religions. Yes. Especially ones based on things such as sports, which as we all know, tie us all together. There's no such thing as like a heated sports rivalry where you'll just like hate someone because of what team they support. Not at all. I mean, can can I ask something though? Yes. So like we, he says religion and we keep saying religion, but it's a cult, right? Yes. Oh, for sure. He is definitely like... Making a batch of Kool-Aid. Not much is explained about the religion other than it's hockey-based, but knowing what we know about Uncle Joey, it is most certainly a cult. Mm-hmm. It's a cult. Yes. 
But wait, is the cult a bunch of Dave Coulier clones, or is he infecting the public? We tie it back to our Dave Coulier clones uh, spinoff idea. Yes. Yeah, maybe it's part of his master plan to, like, disseminate the clones. Ooh, yeah, right? yeah. They all serve as, like, archbishops <laughs> of his religion. Yes, <laughs> he is the pope. No, or... In order to convince his followers that he has like powers, he just uses them to be like, "Look at how fast he is! He's like, <laughs> everywhere once." It's just like a bunch of day coolies walking in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'd like to think that's how he'd use them. That's how I'd use clones of myself to be like. Oh yeah, meet you meet you in the kitchen, and then someone goes to the kitchen, and I'm already there. Is <laughs> that my clone waiting there? I can't yeah. get over this idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, if, no, that's totally fair. If you have clones of yourself, just use them to fuck with people. Use use them to make use them to fuck with people. Use them to make people think you're really fast. <laughs> <laughs> It's the it's the subversion of uh, his arch rival Michelle, who is actually one Olsen, but is moving really back and forth to make us believe that there are two Olsen twins. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, it's all connected. <laughs> I do also want to mention um, Max is upset because he doesn't want Ramona to move away. Yes, I was going to bring this up. Yeah, he tells this to Kimmy, and Kimmy says, "Well, what if I let you be?" She doesn't say... I don't think she says ring bearer. No, she uses no. the term Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings. God damn it. Which Max immediately says, like Frodo. Mm-hmm. And we went, Frodo wasn't the Lord of the Rings. No. It was Sauron. That's the Lord of the Rings. Yes. And also, Frodo is a terrible ring bearer. I mean, he made it most of the way, but... <laughs> yeah, she, she explains... Yeah, he makes it most of the way, but he really... He really beefed it on that final component. Yeah, he had a strong start in middle Frodo, but uh, but anyways, not a not a role model for Ringberry. I will say though that it comes to the ceremony and Max comes out and he has Tommy. He asks if Tommy can be like his associate Ringbearer because Frodo had Sam, so <laughs> Max has Tommy. But he comes out, and I'm, I was really disappointed that Max wasn't dressed up as a hobbit. <laughs> that was a missed opportunity. Yeah, 100%. He even had, like, a three-piece suit, which I think that's what yeah. they wear in he just need He just needed, like, a cape yeah. and some fake feet. That's all, yeah. <laughs> I do also want to say, just to put it out there, one of my favorite things in the world, just one of my comedy buttons, is people overpronouncing Lord of the Rings things. <laughs> Yes. I don't know if you noticed, but instead of saying Sauron, I said Sauron. Sauron. Mm-hmm. Sauron. The Riders of Rohan. Mordor. <laughs> Mordor. Mordor. Smaug. <laughs> it's my favorite. It's my favorite uh... thing. I can just do that for hours. I won't, but I could. We just have like an entire episode of the podcast dedicated to Mark overpronouncing Lord of the Rings terms. Saruman. Eurifindale. <laughs> Lothlorien. What have I done? You guys should stop me. <laughs> yeah, so the ceremony continues, and it gets to the point where they're reciting their vows, and Joey asks, uh, Fernando and Jesse, do you take oh. the two of them to be your lawfully wedded wives? Yes, Mark, you had something to say? I, just during the ceremony, we should say, I think it's as Kimmy and Becky walk down the aisle, Steph starts playing an original song that is definitely not Country Roads. <laughs> And there is a montage in which we see various people oh, this. gazing oh, yeah. lovingly at each other. It starts with like DJ and Steve and Matt, or maybe it starts with, you know, Becky and Jesse and Kimmy and Fernando, but we go to DJ and Steve and Matt. We see Jay Money and Lola. We go to Ramona, who's looking at Tommy because he's a baby and he's very cute. Max is looking at the dog. Max is looking at the dog. Joey. Yep. I knew this was where it was going. Joey is looking at Mr. Woodchuck, who he brought to a wedding. And all of us shuddered. Yeah, this is the first appearance of Mr. Woodchuck in the episode. He just shows up during this montage. He's just there. And he's just staring lovingly at Mr. Woodchuck. Unexpected Mr. Woodchuck is the most terrifying thing. <laughs> 
I have ever seen. I wrote in my notes, I wrote in all caps, Joey brought Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> I also do want to bring up, like, I'm glad that someone's finally mentioning the sexual tension between Joey and Mr. Woodchuck. I mean, he was living alone all those years in the house. Exactly. He, he needed a companion. Yeah. His touch was so soft. <laughs> we tried to resist it. But... Oh my god. Sex with a stuffed animal is... It, it, it really... There's really no comparison. There's already a big hole in him. He's a puppet. Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ. <laughs> we should stop. I'm gonna stop. Yeah. I'm gonna stop myself this time. Yeah. How about I say more Lord of the Rings things? No. 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 So they recite their vows. They recite their vows. Kimmy and Fernando and Jesse and uh, Lori Laughlin and Becky, shit, <laughs> are reciting their vows. <laughs> I'm sorry if that bit destroyed us. <laughs> we can never return. We can never return. They're saying their vows, and they get to the I do's, and he asks Jesse and Fernando, do you take these two to be your awfully wedded wives? And they both go, I do. And then he turns to Kimmy and Becky and asks, would you take these two as your awfully wedded husbands? And Becky says, I do. And Kimmy runs into the house. Yep. Because she doesn't know if she can marry Fernando. Yeah. She doesn't know if she can do it. They've been through so much. Ramona comes in to console her. They eat cake. They eat cake. They eat the wedding cake. Yeah, it's a little like, you know, there, there's not only another person that you're marrying. There's a whole other couple. Yeah. Yeah, it was their thing to begin with. And you stole it yeah. from them. Yeah that's, yeah, that's also very fair. Like, it was their thing. If anything, Becky should have the first slice of cake. But she says to Ramona, like, I've already put you through so much. I don't want to put you through more. And Ramona's like, you should do it. I love you too. And it'll be okay. Or whatever she says. I honestly forget. This whole part was so crazy. Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, when Kimmy first goes, I, I, and then runs out. Um, do you want to hear my impression of Tyler at that moment? Yes. Do it. What? <laughs> <laughs> that was a good impression. Uh, Is that uh, two episodes in a row I got to flex my Tyler impression. <laughs> um, before Kimmy goes back out, it cuts to the altar and Joey is vamping with Mr. Woodchuck. Yes, yes, that, I'm glad someone brought it, it's another unexpected Mr. Woodchuck Does moment. Does Mr. Woodchuck have sentience? How did he get to the altar? <laughs> Mr. Woodchuck fucks, bro. Well, I assume it, <laughs> yeah, no, no, I know, I know, I just, I assume Joey put him on his hand. Okay. Yeah, as you do with puppets. Though I do like your theory that he clambered up on his chair, <laughs> I'm gonna guess did a standing jump onto Uncle Joey's head. Mr. Woodchuck just gained sentience. <laughs> yes. And then he starts doing a comedy bit of, is this hockey stick made of wood? <laughs> I love the Mr. Woodchuck voice. It was a plastic stick. He was looking at a plastic stick. Well, here's the thing. I want to I wanna make an executive vote right now. Harrison, we make up the majority. It's two out of the three hosts. Okay. Petition to have Mark do an entire episode of the podcast with the Mr. Woodchuck voice. Yay or nay? I'll fucking do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I need to think about this. Hold on a moment. I'm just wondering if 2020 hasn't had enough catastrophes. You know? It's <laughs> a real point. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, we're doing it. <laughs> I'll kill them. It doesn't take a lot to convince Harrison. <laughs> Oh, but, uh, <laughs> so he's vamping with Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> and, uh, Kimmy comes back in. Mm-hmm. Um, and Uncle, Uncle Jerry starts going through it again. Do you take her to be your lovely brother? Dear God, what have I done? <laughs> oh, do you want me to stop? <laughs> no, this is wonderful. Do you want oh, please me to keep stop? going. <laughs> please keep going. <laughs> Keep going, Mr. Woodchuck. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I, okay, are we good? We're good. Mr. 
We're, we're good, good, Mr. We're good. Woodchuck. Uh, so he asks everybody, will you take this person, etc., and he gets the Kimmy again. And he says, Kimmy, will you take Fernando to be your lawful wedded husband? And Kimmy goes, I, I, and then she runs away again. <laughs> Twice she runs away. Why is this so entertaining to me? <laughs> well, Zach, I'm doing a silly voice. <laughs> I'm very easily entertained. Mr. Woodchuck anymore. It's a very silly voice. I'm starting to see the appeal of Mr. Woodchuck. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, oh God. my God. Oh, uh, one question. <laughs> if it's starting to hurt my throat, can I stop? Yeah, you can stop if it hurts your throat. Yeah, I was I was going to say, you went a lot longer than I thought you were going oh, to with that bit. <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, Mark. That was wonderful. Mark, thank you. I have to give you like a round of applause for that. That was... You're... Thank you. You've I'm... always been the best of us. I'm a solid golf clap for me. You I'm are flattered. the Lord of the Rings. That's why Mark is the one who has to make the decision. Like, Mark's spot is confirmed. <laughs> Your ass is not on the line. Exactly. Thank you. I... It's... It's me, it's our good friend, Toby. Yes. Yes, Toby. Hi, everybody, just stopping by. Oh, hey, thanks, Toby. Toby! Hey, how's it going, Toby? Oh, he just left. I don't think he's staying very long. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Okay. Are we still on for lacrosse next Saturday? Hey, Toby, are we still on for lacrosse next Saturday, all of us? Yeah, I think we are. (laughs) He said yes. (laughs) All right, cool. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> so in case... <laughs> Gonna give Zach a, a minute to regain composure. Yeah, I need I need a minute. <laughs> Keep going. Just just go without me. Okay. Um, in case anybody missed it because I was doing a voice, Uncle Joey goes through it all again, and Kimmy again goes, I, I, and then runs into the house, which... You gotta give her credit, because I think it's very hard to be a runaway bride when the wedding takes place in your backyard. That's a very valid point. But she pulled it off. She pulled she it did. off. Twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Um, and this time, DJ and Stephanie go in to console her. Although, I don't think they do a very good job. Of nope. It. Yeah, they pretty much try to convince her to not marry Fernando. Which, like, that's fine. It's it's fine if they don't think she should marry Fernando. Fernando cheated on her. Fernando might not be no. right for it. Fernando's my boy. Fernando's oh, we love Fernando, but still number one in we my heart. We love Fernando. We love Fernando. We're just saying this because we want Fernando for ourselves. Yes, and there there is an argument, but I'm just saying. DJ says, you know, I haven't always been a fan of Fernando, but that doesn't influence what I'm going to tell you now. Don't marry Fernando. <laughs> And then Stephanie says, ah, marry Fernando. If it doesn't work out, you can just divorce him again. She's very good at this. She's very, very good at this. Stephanie also goes on like a whole thing where it's like, guys, what matters is that there are people out there who love us. And where I thought she was going to go with that, I thought she was going to go with the bit where it's like, see, DJ, you have Matt and Steve, Kim, you have Fernando, and I have no one. But... No, she makes it about the She-Wolf pack, which is a lot less fun. It's, it's good. No, it's, it's, it's nice. We all have each other. It's, 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 it's nice. Right. You're right. She she is alone. They missed yeah. out on that joke. This is kind of a low-key Steph is a mess scene. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just part of her now. It's just, yeah. it's just ingrained in her soul. She's embraced the sadness. She's embraced the sadness. There's nothing left but the void. <laughs> Uh, eventually, she comes back out again for the third time. Eventually, the Steph keeps on abridging the song further and further when she comes back out. And, uh, she's about to say I do again. And she tries to run back, and they form an impenetrable circle around her. Yes, which doesn't feel kosher to me. Nope. Yeah, that doesn't, yeah. If a woman is trying to escape, if she has to be physically restrained so she marries you... We were also thinking, like, you know, after the second time, we were just thinking, oh, Fernando's got to, like, if it were us in Fernando's shoes, we'd be starting to take it a little bit personally after the second time, Yep. let alone the first. 
Though Fernando does have a line after the second time she runs in. He says, don't worry, this happens at all of our wedding. So presumably it did happen the first Which time. Which definitely helps. Definitely helps. Yeah. Definitely helps. She she didn't want to get married to him in the first place. He cheated on her. They got divorced. I might be starting to see DJ's point. Yep. Yeah. Also, let's point out that there's a line that says that Timmy and Fernando had Ramona only a few weeks after their wedding, meaning that was a shotgun wedding. Yeah, that was yes. nine. That was yeah. nearly nine months pregnant, <laughs> and they're having their wedding then. Which it must have been pretty hard for her to run from the altar when she's that pregnant. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Not safe. Not safe. Not not safe. But yeah, Kimmy has to be physically restrained so she can marry Fernando, which doesn't feel right to me. Nope. Um, but then she and Fernando have a conversation where she says, I just, I like where my life is at and I don't want it to change. Yeah. And so they agree to not get married. Yeah. They agree to stay engaged for the time being. And they finally get the I do, which is, which is really all that Joey cared about. Wait. So my (laughs) question, my question is they start this episode engaged. And I mean, as an audience goer, I would probably I would have presumed that they would spend some time engaged before getting married. Mm-hmm. And in this episode, they decide to get married and then choose to stay engaged. So what was the point of this episode? <laughs> yes, as we said. Yeah, there's no point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was going to say, technically, you are right that they are spending some time together as engaged before they get married. But at the same time, like, what was the point of this episode? That's what I'm saying. (laughs) At the end, DJ's picking between Matt and Steve and she picks herself. That's yeah, that's the next thing that happens. Yeah. Jesse and Becky bail. So Kimmy doesn't stick him with the bill. Which smart. Good on them. Just that was shitty of them. Good on them. Yes. Yep. And then... Outside, they have a full-on bachelorette rose-giving ceremony where DJ is finally going to pick them, and they all make very dramatic speeches. The audience laughs during Matt's speech. Which is very weird. Yeah. Very weird. What he was saying wasn't that funny. The audience is very biased because they laugh for Matt, and then they awe for Steve. Yeah. The audience is very biased here. Very biased. Which, like, when that happened, I said, like, well, I guess they're laughing because it's a parody of The Bachelorette and that's the joke. But no, it's just, I guess the audience hates Matt, which, like... Yes. I know Steve was in the original show, but Matt's not a bad guy. No, not at all. What he was saying wasn't douchey. It wasn't really funny. It was just standard romantic speech. I I don't know. Maybe the writers, like thought it was the funniest thing ever. Like, they they wrote it while they were high, and then they didn't bother to check if it was a joke afterwards. 100%. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But so, it finally comes time for DJ to choose. Mm -hmm. And she says, I choose... I choose me. Whoa. She's a strong, independent woman. She don't need no man. Which is good. Uh, like, honestly, that's that's kind of the choice I can sympathize the most with. DJ doesn't need a man to make her happy. Also, she's not, if she can't, as she says, this has been all so crazy and she couldn't decide in the first place. Maybe she's just not ready to be dating. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. But, um... This isn't how we usually use the term. I'm. I also sympathize with our sad boys who, um, Steve immediately says to Matt, "Oh man, you want to get a beer?" And Matt says, "Yeah, I could use a beer right now, bro." It's the beginnings of the bromance. I also do want to say there's also a thing beforehand where they both say, "Like I thought she was gonna pick you." No way! Yeah. I thought she was gonna pick you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. DJ has put them through so much strife that they've emerged from the other side, the best buddies. <laughs> And it is the best part of the show, which you will see in season two. Maybe Steve and Matt are endgame. Yeah, I think that's really what we're going for here. Steve and Matt. I'm down. Steve and Matt. I'd go for it. But yeah, no, like, it's great when we see two sad boys combining and becoming best friends, which brings us to our favorite segment. Say it with me, everybody. It's time for the sad Sad boy Boy of of the week. week. 
I didn't think you guys were actually going to say it with me. I was more so saying that for like the audience at home. But you know what? I appreciate your enthusiasm. <laughs> so, I mean, not much really happens in this episode. No. And I'm going to be honest. I don't know who I want. I think, okay. Yeah, I don't know either. There's one person I want to nominate because of one thing that we have yet to mention. And that is, of course, our eternal sad boy, Jay Money. Okay. Jay Money! Money. Um, are you talking about his final scene with Lola? Yes, I am. For here's what here's what happens. Uh, the wedding is over and Lola is leaving, and Jay Money's like, "Oh, do you want a, a hug goodbye?" And Lola says, "No," and then she kisses him Woo! and leaves. Which, like, shout out to our boy for getting some action. And right afterwards, he turns to Ramona and Max and goes. Hold on, I want to make sure I got the line right, because it's the one line, it's the one quote listed in IMDb, mm-hmm. which is wonderful. And he says, and I quote, Jay Money just got some honey. Yeah, boy! Quite possibly the best line in the series to date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite yeah. possibly. Yeah, I was going to say the best use of Jay Money, but no, you're right. Best line in the series, or... Any series? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, any series. But yeah, J-Money, That because of that, and the J-Money money tie, he's just a complete mess of a human being, and I love it. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I do have a couple of other suggestions, or nominations. Uh-huh. Let's hear it. I want to put forth Fernando. I think I did have... There was something in mind. I'm forgetting exactly what the specific thing was, but he has a vibe over this episode, and I'm sure we'll get to it because we usually just kind of run through everything they do in the episode. And a little bit Steph. That's also fair. I actually, um, upon further thought, I actually have a nomination. Uh, our boy Uncle Jesse. Yeah, I was going to bring him up too. If you if you, if you you weren't going to bring him up, I was going to bring him up. Yeah. Yeah, he, he gets some sad boy points in this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he goes through quite a bit to get this vow renewal off. Yeah. And I think my final nomination would be Kimmy. That's also yes. fair. Kimmy, yeah, yeah, Kimmy's a good one. So so let's run through them. All right. There's Jay Money, who I think... I can run through the things he does in the episode, but I think the main point... Well, there's one... He The second he hears his friend, who he's been living with for a year might be moving out he says awesome i get my room again so we find out he's never learned his lesson that's true i forgot about that and then also i think it's sort of this overarching thing of he wears the j money money tie he gets kissed and says j money just got some honey that his entire identity now is j money <laughs> and the show is that much better because of it the show is that much better because of it yeah you bring up a good point that until now, a little piece of Jackson has survived. He is dead now. It's all J Money. It's all J Money? Always has been. <laughs> He's always been there under the surface, but he had yet to fully emerge. He, The beginning of this series, he was in his cocoon. <laughs> and now he's a beautiful butterfly. A beautiful... Now he's a beautiful, a beautiful sad, sad butterfly. J Money butterfly. He thought that he was an ugly, cool duckling. Because he wanted to be cool. But then he found out that he is a beautiful, sad swan. <laughs> I Okay, we know Jay Money is sad in general. But yeah. in this episode, I think I was nominating Fernando mostly because he gets almost left at the altar <laughs> three times. Yes. Yep, three times. And it's kind of like, okay. <laughs> All right. He's like, yeah, this has happened. This Before many times. Uh, we have Steph, who um, still very invested in everybody's drama, is all alone and is kind of like, yeah, marry a guy however many times you want. Just divorce him again and again and <laughs> again. Life is a mess. Everybody's life is a mess, right? Yeah. There's, here's where I think it really gets involved. There's Uncle Jesse. Yes. Who I think was a good nominee because yes. now that I think about it, he arrives immediately finds out that his nice vow renewal ceremony will be co-opted by two crazy people. His his wife immediately signs onto it. He then, when he tries to have a romantic night with his wife, gets ditched. He wakes up 
all night for them to return. <laughs> he gets his vow renewal interrupted a bunch of times because of Kimmy Gibbler's drama. <laughs> Kimmy Gibbler eats his cake. That's right. She eats his cake. He doesn't even get a bite of it. And not only does he not get his wedding, not only does he not get a bite, he doesn't get to really see his family afterwards because he has to run from the ceremony because he's so fed up with the weekend and doesn't want to spend a second there anymore. Did you also mention how he got stuck with babysitting duty? Yes, he gets yes. stuck with babysitting duty. Feeding a burger to a baby. Yeah, he feeds a burger to a baby, which, let's admit it, is very cute. It's very cute. Maybe this is my arc for the season. The baby went from being a bad baby to being a very cute <laughs> That's Mark's character arc this season. That's my character arc. I'm on board with the baby. Uh, wait, before we start voting, I have one more nominee at the end. Uh, I think we got an eight. I, I got to nominate Dave Coulier. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I, we weren't, I was going to go through Kimmy as well. I, oh yeah. We, we spent a lot of time just reiterating how sad Jay Money is. Um, it, I think detracted focus. Yeah. Yes. Um, I forgot that we had one more nominee to go through, but I am, yes, I am nominating Canada's favorite son, Dave Coulier. Yeah. Kimmy, who... I think isn't super sad until the wedding, but running out on or attempting to run out on your own wedding. No, I mean, like you do you, but uh, the way she doesn't seem physically capable of explaining anything. I don't know. Or the way she does it multiple times. She runs out, decides to go back, runs out again, tries to run out again. Yeah, not a good look. Not yeah, a good look. And then we do have... Canada's favorite son, Dave Coulier. With his hockey cult. With his hockey cult, who, yeah, is sad because instead of just getting ordained online or something, he starts a hockey cult. <laughs> he brings a puppet to a wedding. <laughs> a puppet who is his lover, as we've established. Is His puppet, who's definitely his lover. Yes. Vamps with the puppet and just, I guess, has to... Be on skates the entire time? I guess so. Seems annoying. Yeah. It's a little weird. Okay, so I think those... All right. Uh, Unless we have anything else, those are... I think I I have my vote. My final vote for season one. I have have my vote. My final for season one. Harrison? I have my vote. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Who wants to go first? I'm I'm voting for Uncle Jesse. I'm voting for Jesse as well. Oh, yeah. That's three for three on Uncle Jesse. (laughs) Hell yeah. I think there are... It's... Again, it's sometimes the heart wants what it wants. And sometimes it's like, I know we want Jay Money to be sad. I know we want Fernando to be, to be sad. But I think you just look at the facts. Uncle Jesse was very sad this episode. Very sad. There you have it, folks. Our final Sad Boy of the Week winner for season one of Fuller House. Uncle Jesse from Full House, baby. And uh, allow me to just say, because we're wrapping up season one, I just want to give one final wrap up of the leaderboard as a whole after season one. Uh, we've got Macy Gray, which I still can't believe. Uh, Kimmy, Danny, Jay Money, Fernando, and Jesse now, all with one win. Uh, Stephanie and Ramona with two, and our season one champion of Sad Boy of the Week with three points, Dr. Steve Hale. Congratulations. There's no real reward other than, I guess, the sadness, but, you know... It's an accomplishment. Tyler put in loud cheering when Steve Yes, wins. please do. But, um, yeah. Thank you all for watching season one of Fullest House. Yeah. Thank you all for, for watching, for listening. It's wonderful. I guess the only thing left is for me to make my choice. But wait, wait, hold on. Before you do that, you know, if we're going to take a week or two off. I need to make a, a plea. Juan Pablo DePache, please come on our podcast. Yes. We've waited for 13 episodes. Listen, Juan Pablo. Please. You've you've listened to all of season one now. I'm assuming you've listened to all of them in order. Otherwise, this is going to be really awkward. And you've noticed, listen, you're our favorite character. And we know that you may not have won season one of Sad Boy of the Week. That's fine. You become a major character later in the show. And we know that it only gets better as it goes along. So please, Juan Pablo, we are begging you. Please come on our podcast. We know we know Zach's been writing you letters. Yes, we've been sending fan mail. Fernando is a fine wine. 
who only gets better as the show goes on. So please. Please. Please come on our podcast. Either Harrison or I won't be here because obviously Mark has to choose. Yeah. Whatever the rules of this choice are. Yeah, whatever the rules of this choice are. Yeah, well, well, one of one of you is gonna go off to the Heaviside Lair. <gasps> That's what it's for. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I have to make my jellical choice. <laughs> the Heaviside Lair. <laughs> Obviously. Wait. So whoever he chooses is the one who dies. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> so is it, are you saying that my strategy to not be picked has been working a lot? Has been working this entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Look, they had it right. We, we, you, all the candidates should have just sang songs about who they are and what they do. Zach, we have to have a music off. A but musical bits off. That's okay. I, I, I don't think I don't think we have time for a musical bits off. I think. Yeah, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but yeah, please follow us on social media. We are Fullest House Pod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're gonna take a break for a week in between seasons. But thank you so much for listening. If you have been listening. Until next time, I'm Mark Green. I'm Harrison Bloom. And I'm Zach Horowitz. And I'm going to choose... Choose... I can't! Good night, everybody. Mm -hmm.